Welcome back to Podcast 62 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Icebreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Icebreakers. This episode is being brought to you by TheSeason.com. For the best sports contests going on all year long, please check out TheSZN.com. If you'd like to support the Icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theicebreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our wing cappers. You get the premium plays for online moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Icebreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. NFL Week 1 is in the books pending tonight's game with the Jets and the Bills looking a little rainy right now. Obviously, recording this on a Monday afternoon. Did pretty well last week. Uh, a little down in college football, but up enough in the NFL to cover for that, as well as our wonderful plus 490 hit on Strickland in the uh, UFC. So a profitable weekend for us at the Ozbreakers. NFL continues to be my strongest sport. Uh, I probably watched more college football all weekend than, uh, than NFL on Sunday because there's a reason due to that uh, Sunday night game that we will certainly get into but man it was uh it was just fun relaxing i made sure i didn't go anywhere had the tvs rolling did a little pool tv uh took some notes adjusted some power ratings on monday by the way that is now updated on our website check out our power ratings i'll be putting my nfl power ratings up shortly as well everything going great very happy for some of the results and the lines are already out for next week before i get into a little recap i want to mention that there's going to be a little bit of a format change we're still going to do our guests at 1 p.m on wednesday but i'm going to be adding 1 p.m on thursday to go to our youtube channel to join in listen in question just have a good time with us as we have our guests on College football podcast in NFL is going to be separated for many of these weeks going forward. Now, just too much feedback came back that the podcasts were a little bit too long and people want to keep it to an hour or less. So the best way for me to do that is when I have multiple guests or just a lot of content and information to break them up a little bit. So we'll be having three podcasts a week rather than two some weeks in the NFL. Obviously, there's going to be weeks when I'm just too busy. And I will combine the NFL with college football as long as it's not too long. But from here on forward throughout football season, be prepared to be listening on Thursday morning and Friday morning for the podcast and Thursday during the day at 1 p.m. for our guest and and, uh, Wednesday during the day, same time, 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern to watch our guests live, maybe get those plays in a little bit before the line moves. Our NFL free plays went much better than our college. Our college free plays did not do well at all. We didn't win any of those that we sent out from the website, but nailed the NFL ones. You know, we've uh, didn't done really well, got our refuse to lose teaser rolling with Cleveland easily winning outright and covering the eight and a half points with the other side where we had the commanders that made it a little bit dicey there towards the end against a bad Arizona team, uh, winning that one 
by a few points because we had the commanders down to one. So I was happy about that. Our play on Tennessee uh, was fabulous. So I was really happy about how that one went. But uh, overall recap in general, there's not a lot of big conference games going on. But man, that Alabama-Texas game was absolutely wonderful and it was so fun to watch texas do that especially when i'm on the other side of it with my badgers losing outright to washington state i I was happy enough to change that uh, channel a couple times absolute debacle with the badgers there but you know one of those situations where you're just not so sure that fickle's ready you know I, i said that i don't have the badgers as the best team in the Big Ten West as of yet, and I'm not so sure they're there right now. You know, they might have an easier schedule, but that was a pretty ugly performance, and they're going to have to wake up from that and hopefully improve. You know, because that's how it's all about the new coach, new coordinator. The defense looked bad. The offense looked yeah, kind of bad. That fumble at the end really killed them, but. They still could have been in the game if the defense made a stop there. So the defense and secondary is looking pretty bad. Washington State uh, is definitely looking good with the rest of the Pac-12. You know, the Pac-12 has been amazing so far, and we're going to get into that in our next segment as well. A little bit on there's some bad beats, and I'll get into that in the next segment, but a little bit on the NFL, uh, the obvious big game that you know was way out of whack was Steelers versus Niners now unfortunately I did have the Steelers in the contest and I'm kicking myself for that because I switched them out with well I mean I I think I had them rated higher than my last in which was the Baltimore Ravens and I picked the Ravens in the contest the biggest spread just because I felt that Houston is completely not ready a new coach new quarterback you know new system coming in just did not think they were any close to ready to uh, compete with the Ravens, even though the Ravens tried to uh, not cover a couple times with a couple fumbles from Lamar. But they did enough, and uh, they're a little bit banged up coming into this week for NFL. Uh, obviously, the night game, absolutely disgusting. The Cowboys' D was fantastic, but the Giants just could not move the ball. Uh, the day games were just electrifying. We won on the Miami Dolphins. Thank God for that last play to Tyreek Hill for that touchdown. Holy cow, was that just amazing. They're down four, not covering, and all of a sudden they're covering and up three. So you felt pretty good about it, even if the Chargers did kick that field goal and get down there, but they just couldn't even make it. And the Miami uh, Fangio defense, I'm trying to say, and the Vic Fangio defense at Miami really, really prevailed. So otherwise, we were also on the Titans, and – Thank goodness that they got that game close enough at the end. I'll talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. And uh, the, my Bears absolutely looked completely incompetent on both sides of the ball against the Packers. And uh, very sad about that. Uh, I, As a fan, I lean the Packers, like I said, when we were talking about betting. I've been leaning them all week. I just couldn't get there because I thought there was just a lot of variance in the game. But the truth is the Packers still own the Bears in Soldier Field especially at the beginning of the year. But you see a lot of the competence with the coaching in that one. Uh, Iberflus did not have the guys ready. If you're jumping off sides, uh, if you're illegal motion, illegal substitution, all those little obvious penalties that you know you should avoid, that's kind of when you're starting to see it's a bad coach. Now, it is the first game, so I'm not going to completely overreact. But there's just nothing to be excited about. Fields look the same 
as last year, couldn't throw the ball downfield. And his line was bad on some plays, but they were also good on others, and he held the ball for four or five seconds. You know, um, sure, he showed his legs a little bit there, and that's how they just kind of hung in there for just a little bit in the first half. But they were completely outplayed and outmanned and outgunned, and the offensive line and defensive line looked terrible. And if you can't have an offensive line and defensive line in football, it's over. You're one of the worst teams in the league, and that's kind of what the Chicago Bears showed. All right, next I want to go over a question for our Monday mailbag. DJ Tricky Rick asked this last week. Uh, he says, other than Western teams traveling eastward, how does time of day affect ATS? And that's a wonderful question, Rick. I, I, I think that it's not talked about enough, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions. A lot of people call travel spots, you know, going east to west and um, going over certain amounts of time zones. The truth is, is that these are younger guys, right? Some of them are married. Most of them are in a hotel room or in an apartment or whatever. Uh, maybe maybe they do have a home, but they're, they're, they kind of stay up late. Uh, an East Coast traveling to the West Coast, that the fact that he stays up late doesn't really hurt him. It's like they play a, a, a let's just say it's probably a 10 p.m. start time uh, on their Eastern time and 7 p.m. out West. That's not going to affect them. They can play through the night. That's absolutely fine. And you should not be taking away travel points uh, for that. If anything, college football might affect it a little bit more. Being that these are kids, it's more of just being out of their own area. In college football, there is a bigger home field advantage too. But for NFL, it's really not existing anymore. The, the only thing is a early game that would start at 1 p.m. on the East Coast is 10 a.m. on the West Coast, and that's where some of these guys are just, you know, normally getting up. It's Some people are good in the morning, some people aren't. I'm pretty good in the morning myself. I'm a morning person, but not everybody is. But not just that. There's a another fact to this that ATS, night games are in general a little bit more favored towards the home team. You know, you can give Penn State and Ohio State an extra point, point and a half, two points for night games because just that's that's the electricity of it. It's louder. The fans are more boozed up, you know. Uh, that's for sure. And they're going to be yelling and it's going to intimidate the other team and the other team might not uh, be able to get the snap off that well. <laughs> you know, it's just a lot more to it. And the officials are humans and f officials are part of home field advantage. As a matter of fact, replay is the reason that home field advantage is lessened in the NFL. But they're more affected in night games as well. Um, that goes very much for college and probably a little bit as well for NFL. So those are my thoughts on that. If you have any follow-up questions, feel free to tweet us at the oddsbreakers or shoot me an email at info at theoddsbreakers.com. That's for any of you if you have a question for any of the podcasts as well as the Monday mailbag. The good, the bad, and the ugly of the weekend. So there's plenty of this to go around. I think there's more bad and ugly when it comes to what we witnessed last week. But I'm going to start with the good. We'll just start right with Thursday. The, the, the Detroit Lions are good. They're a good team. Their defense has improved a little bit. 
They made a lot of bonehead coaching mistakes, in my opinion, that Dan Campbell was just not, you know, making some of the right choices. But all in all, it still turned out. But huge assist to those Kansas City receivers that just could not catch a ball. Uh, that certainly helped nullify some of uh, Dan Campbell's boneheaded mistakes in that game. But in general, the Lions are just a good team. You know, they're not to be taken lightly by anybody. I think they're probably a top nine, top ten team right now. Uh, maybe even a little bit better. I don't know. But it's too early to tell. All I know is that was a good part of the week. That was a nice bet and money line that we also hit on uh, Thursday night with a little money line sprinkle. It was it was mostly a spread bet, obviously. And any any dog plus three and a half that I like, I always put a little bit on the money line, whether it's five ten percent. Washington State uh, shocking the Badgers like that. I mean, it's not really a shock they came to Camp Randall last year and did it as well against Paul Chris, but um, they. Was able, were able to hold strong. The Badgers came back within two points, missed a two-point conversion, uh, almost got a safety, but you know Washington State converted some big plays, and um, we got the ball back. I mean, the Badgers did and fumbled it. You know, it was a. It, it, I don't really think he did fumble it, but the refs were all looking at each other, and the crowd was screaming, and uh, they were influenced by the other players saying "ball this way," so they called it this way. But then they go to the review, inconclusive. You couldn't really see the. In fact, they hit the ground first. It was very close. You can just see a little glimpse of the ball when his shoulder hits the ground. But no, he was down. Uh, either way, the Badgers didn't deserve to win that game. So huge credit to Washington State. But the important thing is the Badgers aren't as good as what people thought. Well, except for me. I, I was, should have bet it last week. My number was like three. And Washington State is better than people thought. So keep that in mind. Another good. Texas and Sarkeesian going back to his old mentor and beating him in Alabama. The dynasty has just begun. (laughs) I mean, it's hard to do that. He went into enemy territory in Alabama against Nick Saban, but newer quarterbacks, newer players, even though lots of these guys are five-star, four-star I mean, Texas just had better returning production and a bunch of studs themselves because Texas has been recruiting just under Alabama over the past three or four years. You know, Quinn Ewers looked great. He looked poised, hit some open receivers. Alabama cheating up, getting beat downtown, and they're throwing the ball too much downtown, just looking and praying for big plays. I mean, you're at home. You should be able to chop away at this team, tire them out, tire that defense out. That's not what Alabama did. Alabama did not look good this game. And that's what I did notice, and it was a big takeaway for me. But congrats to Texas. Uh, State of Texas ain't looking so bad right now in football, is it? Uh, Matt LaFleur, I mean, the way he just schemed against the Bears, he knows this team, and uh, his team looked actually like a real football team, and the Bears didn't. You know, Matt LaFleur is a good coach, and everyone thinking Jordan Love, Jordan Love this, Jordan Love that. Um, But at the same time, it was more LaFleur. Jordan Love just had massively wide open receivers on third down. I don't even know how these guys got so wide open, but not a pass rush a lot. And, uh, you know, Love was able to get it done, and that's the problem. Uh, Third down, Bears got absolutely smashed on third down, and they also made some stupid mistakes with fields, and there's just nothing good for Bears fans, but very good for the Packers to come out of this game. Uh, 49ers, right? How many people took the the Steelers this game? How many 
sharp how much sharp money was on the Steelers. Just a lot. And uh I had them in a teaser. I didn't t- play the Steelers at four and a half, but you know, it wasn't even close. That teaser was dead in the first quarter, man. <laughs> it's just like seriously. Uh one of my few losses, but I'll take it. And um the Niners just look really good and stinking Mike Tomlin, who's amazing in preseason football, just is not 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 what we should have expected. Uh, you know, I kind of thought to myself, I'm a little worried because Tomlin look in the preseason, but that's what he does. And, you know, that little scare was correct. And it was even enough to burn my eight and a half point teaser leg. The other teaser legs tonight, the Jets. We'll see if that would have came through anyway. Brock Purdy. And obviously right under the Niners, I was a big doubter of Brock Purdy, but not like a big doubter. I was more like a wait and see guy. I was like, I didn't say he's bad. I just said he hasn't played anybody yet. Well, I mean, if, if if I was really against Brock Purdy, I would have played the Steelers instead of just picking him in the contest because I didn't have a side at that point that I trusted because, well, for certain reasons. And uh, Brock Purdy looked good against a good defense. So I'm, I was waiting for that for Brock Purdy. He showed it to me. So we're going to be, wow, we're going to be looking at the Niners a lot this year, but they're going to be overvalued probably this week. Uh, Cowboys defense, that looked amazing last night. And uh, you got to give a lot of props to the Cowboys. And how about the Pac-12, man, for football, for college football? They were 13-0 and until Arizona lost in overtime. But, man, uh, you got to give props to the Pac-12. They all look good, you know. Uh, Cal barely lost, but it was to an Auburn team, right? I mean, just in general, and necessarily not necessarily Pac, Stanford, and Cal aren't looking great. But I got to tell you, the rest of them, man, Washington State, Oregon State, Washington, Oregon. That was a crazy Oregon game. I'll get into that. Uh, USC, Utah, all looking sharp. And finally, Mike Vrabel. How about that field goal, baby? Down four, kicks a field goal with like three minutes left. I think the right decision was to... I, I, you know, I, How much do you trust your defense? Everyone argues about this, but... I guess if you look at the numeric guys, they're going to say that you go for it and get the touchdown and then play your defense. I'm not so sure about that. It forces the hand of the other team to uh, down four, you're up three. Well, the other team could tie it. But at the same time, you do have a chance to win if you punt it and call all your timeouts and stop the other team. But the other team can ice it and it's... It's going to be a big debate always on what they're supposed to do there. Me, myself, if you have amazing defense and you're at home, you probably punt it. But if you're away, maybe you'd go for it. I don't know. But the important thing is Vrabel cared about us degenerates more than the final score. (laughs) The bad. Now for the bad. ACC refs. I mean, they look bad all weekend. Maybe it was because I was on a lot of ACC games. I don't know. But they really screwed James Madison on a fumble. And James Madison would have stopped the touchdown there and got the ball back. So there's your eight points you would have covered. Uh, if you just do A plus B equals C, it, games don't always turn out like that. But that was a little brutal, along with Utah's PI not called in the last play of the game. Uh, Baylor could have won that game. Really rough beat on Baylor, being that they were uh, – you know, up by what seven with three minutes left and they lost by seven (laughs) god horrible beat for them i was on a personal play plus seven with baylor as well before the kickoff so was a little upset about how that finished off uh the pass interference on iowa state was 
just want made me want to puke. And that was a free play I gave out. It was a large. It was a it was a decent sized play. It was a pretty large one in CFB, and it, it Iowa ended up scoring a touchdown that drive. It would have been completely out, and they would have punted if they didn't call that pass interference. The problem is that it was an amazing defensive play. He's jumping to get the ball. The other guy throws his arm on him and then acts like he was interfered. And, of course, that's what receivers do. And it's like, wait a second. You just took an amazing, great defensive play and made it the opposite. That's what's so bad about it. There's such a thin line between a great defensive play and a bad one giving up yards and instead hurting your team called pass interference. It, It needs to be replayed. It needs to be reviewed. Quick reviews, eye in the sky type situation. That would have fixed it right away. They would have said, it's great defense. UNC's kicker. <laughs> that was bad last week. And uh, they ended up winning the game, so it's not quite as ugly. But he could have uh, screwed my under. And instead, he missed the kick. He, you know, they iced him, and then he missed it. And then Sean Clark's looking all bummed up on the sidelines, coach of Appalachian State. But they ran it after the timeout and, Missed it anyway, so that forced overtime, which made it over for the full game, as well as hitting the live bet on App State plus seven and a half. That got a little dicey if it was forced two-point conversions, obviously, in that situation, but uh, thank God they missed the two-point conversion. (laughs) Another bad this week was closing line value in general. Most of my losses had great line value, and that's just what's going to happen in college football, NFL, especially college, I would say it's just so unpredictable in the beginning. No matter how much research you did, you are not those kids playing and you haven't seen them play anybody else. It's impossible to be perfect, but uh, we try our best and I always want to have the best of all the lines, but I don't always think closing line value is so important here if you're just on a bad market side that the market just uh, was wrong on. You know, there's there's a market out there that's different on each team, and sometimes sharp betters as well as public betters might be on the same side, and they both can be completely wrong because there's something they don't know. Ugly. Let's move to the ugly. Vanderbilt's first and goal at the one. I mean, seriously, first and goal. Another loss of mine with great line value. They couldn't get it in at first and goal at like the half-yard line, and that was a bummer against Wake Forest, a bad defense. Another ugly was all the delays in college football last week. I mean, lots of games on the East Coast was rained out, or at least rained for a while, and then they eventually played. Every game, I believe, finished, so I shouldn't say rained out, but there's just a ton of delays, and I think that was an advantage for the away team and a little bit less for the home team. So uh, it sucks when that happens. Uh, It kind of messes up your handicap, Hey, especially if you're on an over, right? So always be checking your weather as much as you can. Uh, There's a lot of drops by wide receivers in college football this week. Just a ton of them. And uh, you watch NC State, they dropped a ton. Just a situation where the kids are not quite in tune yet. Uh, Wisconsin dropped a ton. It's just uh, kind of an ugly receiving week for college football. Being that's early, it's somewhat expected. Baylor's bad beat. Like I mentioned in the past, uh, Baylor just being up by seven points and then you get plus seven feeling pretty good about it, and then you lose that. But that wasn't even the worst bad beat of the weekend because Texas Tech, oh, my God, you're winning that game easily until just the very end and Oregon gets the touchdown, and then 
then you're driving to score, at least kick a field goal, and you throw a pick six at the end to make Oregon cover the game and completely bust anybody that had a very sharper play, Texas Tech plus the six points. Fucking bullshit! The SEC was ugly this week. I mean, Georgia beat Ball State by 42. I think they might have missed the cover by a half point. But Texas beating Alabama, ugly for the SEC. Tennessee had 13-6 to in the first half against Austin P. I mean, they only ended up winning 30-13. to <laughs> Oh, jeez. That was ugly. And let's hope Josh Heupel was experimenting that game. Uh, I guess LSU Grambling, can we count that 62-point win as, uh, you know, against Grambling, seriously? Uh, Tulane. Now, that was a situation where they didn't have their quarterback. It was a last-minute scratch. I don't understand it because I don't remember any information kind of coming out uh, about uh, Michael Pratt not playing. But anyways, I'm glad that I wasn't on Tulane. But Ole Miss ended up beating them, and so I guess that's okay for the SEC. But then you have Texas A&M losing to Miami. Absolutely ugly by 15 points. You have Vanderbilt losing to Wake Forest, not covering. You have Kentucky beating Eastern Kentucky by 11 points. Seriously? You have Arkansas not looking that great against Kent State, 14-6 to after the half. What the hell was that? Missouri uh, only beating Middle Tennessee State by four points, not covering. I guess Florida against McNeese, that was a blowout. Uh, Mississippi State barely gets by Arizona, but it's massively outgained in that game. South Carolina, 47-21 uh, against Furman, big deal. And then Cal uh, really keeping it close with Auburn, so... Cal Disc does cover that game. That was an ugly game of 14 to 10. But the just point is, the SEC up top there, the Alabama, Tennessee, uh, I guess we'll excuse Georgia, but man, just did not look that good. Uh, another ugly pit losing to Cincinnati after Cincinnati lost pretty much all their players from last year. That was a little ugly. Houston losing to Rice. Oh, that was ugly, Houston. What the heck was that, man? Moving to the NFL, uh, the Bears just looking like garbage was ugly. Uh, nothing to like hold your head forward if you're a Bears fan. There's nothing you can take out of that game. You, you say, well, maybe this could improve. Seattle, their second half. I, I wish I didn't buy back a little bit. I had a three-star play with uh, the Rams. <laughs> and I Just after the cup news, I bought a little bit back for a third. Seattle minus five. That, that was even in the discussion the second whole second half seattle only three yards in the second half it's looking like they didn't score any points los angeles just beat the crap out of them and they didn't even have cooper cup i mean what was that seattle now it was kind of a revenge game from the rams but at the same time this is a first game i don't care what happened last year you better get up to play you know and if you did get up to play then that's really a bad look forward for seattle season coming for 2023 here. Uh, and then finally, the worst and most ugly of them all, the New York Giants. And you, 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 you literally ruined the Sunday night game to where it was unbearable to watch the rest of it. I just followed on my phone after the first quarter, went and watched the movie with the kids. 
I mean, I was footballed out by then. I had had it on since Thursday pretty much. But uh, it was just absolutely pathetic, that showing at home. It was a little wet still, but, I mean, Daniel Jones looked terrible. They were overthrowing receivers. The only guy that looked competent was Darren Waller. I mean, at least they can say, hey, hey, Waller looked good. The Bears can't say any of that. But, uh, I mean, that, that was just an absolute devastation on the Giants' side, and it made Dallas look like a freaking Super Bowl team. So not going to completely overreact to it, but it was certainly telling. And Mr. Coach of the Year there, Brian Dayball, pretty bad look for 2023. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. All right, time for a little college football week two misleading final scores and key injuries. Misleading final scores, Iowa State outgained Iowa 290 to 235, yet lost 20 to 13. Equal turnovers, but poor coaching and officiating killed the clones. Northern Illinois outgained Southern Illinois 360 to 219, yet lost 14 to 11. A 3 to 0 turnover ratio did them in. Embarrassing. UAB outgained Georgia Southern 385 to 344, yet lost 49 to 35. A 3 to 2 turnover ratio and poor red zone hurt them. North Texas's yards versus FIU were garbage yards, so throw those out. Just wanted people to know that. UFC outgained Boise State 530 to 384, yet only won 18 to 16. Uh, and I mean, UCF, I don't know why I wrote U- UFC. A 2-to-1 turnover ratio and poor red zone hurt the Knights. And obviously, a quarterback injury as well. Uh, Arizona outgained Mississippi State 431-307, to yet lost 31-24. to A 5-to-1 turnover ratio killed them. Jaden Delora did not look sharp. Wisconsin outgained Washington State 368-332, to yet lost 31-22. A 3-to-0 turnover ratio killed my Badgers. Fumbles by the quarterback. I mean, Mordecai can be pretty good at throwing, but, I mean, if he's just fumbling at the other's end zone and throwing bad picks, it's not going to matter. You know, you you can't do that. Cal outgained Auburn 273 to 230, yet lost 14 to 10. They won the turnover battle 4 to 3, but was just horrible in the red zone and the plus side of the field. They kept getting to the plus side of the field and just crapping out. It It was just downright ugly. But that was uh, it for really misleading final scores. Uh, I mean, some of the smaller discrepancies I don't go over. So the two key injuries was the surprise to Tulane's quarterback, Michael Pratt. Now, I'm assuming he can still go this week. He was just like a hyperextension in his leg or something. But it was a surprise scratch. And definitely that line jumped from 6.5 to 12.5 immediately before the game for Mississippi State being a road chalk. And they covered. He's still questionable. Uh, Central Florida's uh, quarterback, John Rice Plumley will be out a few weeks, apparently. So that's the report I have on him. State's a leg injury, and that will not require surgery. All right, now for college football. Week three betting spots. Some letdown spots. Texas hosting Wyoming after beating Alabama could start slow. Uh, Colorado hosting Colorado State after beating Nebraska is a small one. James Madison at Troy after beating Virginia. Rice hosting Texas Southern after beating Houston. You know, there's a lot of FCS teams that are played from a team that might be coming off an upset. And 
I usually don't talk about them because they're FCS games and the lines come out very great. But you should, you know, if you do bet FCS teams against the FBS teams, you know, kind of keep some of that in mind. Get up spots. Wisconsin better look better versus Georgia Southern this weekend. Uh, Alabama might embarrass South Florida uh, after their loss. So I believe Alabama goes to South Florida, which is interesting. Uh, Houston better improve versus TCU this weekend uh, as well for kind of like your get up spot special. Look ahead spots, Oregon looking past Hawaii to Colorado. And and look ahead spots I barely factor in this early in the season, but just a few of them. Uh, Colorado could do the same to Colorado State versus Oregon. So you got to understand that Colorado's kind of just beat Nebraska, which was a long-term rival, uh, even though they're not in the Big Ten anymore. But now they're going to look to Oregon and they kind of Colorado State little brother there. So I'm not sure where their mind's going to be on that one. Florida State looking past Boston College to Clemson is a possible one as well. So, uh, you know, Boston College can be a very surprising team at times. They're not a good team, but the kids come show up and play. Uh, yeah, this they could muck some stuff up for Florida State. That should be a pretty big spread for you and uh, give you a little room in case, you know, you're, you're not looking good. So, uh I, 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 I wouldn't mind looking at Boston College, 27.5 points at home against Florida State. That that's It's possible. Anything's possible in college football. Uh, that's it for look-ahead spots and betting spots. Let's go to NFL. Week one, misleading final scores. The Bears were garbage yards, so nothing misleading against the Packers. Just want to let you know those were garbage, no adjustment uh, back up for the Bears to keep them going down. And the Packers going up. Uh, the Panthers outgained the Falcons 281 to 221, yet lost 24 to 10. A 3 to 0 turnover ratio and poor red zone hurt the Panthers. The Vikings outgained the Buccaneers 369 to 242, yet lost 20 to 17. Look at that. That's a big discrepancy there, right? That's like over 125 yards outgained, and you lose. Uh, three to zero turnover ratio, as well as poor plus field efficiency. I believe that Cousins threw a pick in the end zone. Uh, the Texans outgained the Ravens two sixty nine to two sixty five, yet lost twenty five to nine. A two to one turnover ratio. Actually, they won the turnover battle one to two, but thirteen penalties and bad field position hurt the Texans. The Patriots outgained the Eagles three eighty two to two fifty one, yet lost twenty five to ten. Another massive one. A two-to-one turnover ratio and bad plus side of the field, especially at the end, hurt. Man, that Patriots defense looked good, though. Um, seriously, got to consider upgrading the Patriots defense. Uh, their offense, not so good yet, but they might come around. All right, NFL Week 2 betting spots, letdown spots. I guess the Buccaneers hosting the Bears after being the Vikings is one. Uh Lions hosting the Seahawks after being the Chiefs is also a letdown spot. I went categories the Rams as a letdown spot, being that they're facing the 49ers, another division opponent. So I'm going to hold off on that one. But at get-up spots, any team that got crushed. So the Bears should hopefully do something at the Bucks. I mean, they look so bad, and the Bucks looked overrated. Uh, well, they're outgained anyway against the Vikings. So uh, the Bears, the Giants, the Texans. Uh, those are some teams that really need to get up after some awful performances. Why don't you throw in the Steelers right there as well? So any team that got bashed, I would say, is kind of a spot that maybe you back them if there's some overreaction in these lines, which there is a little bit of overreaction I'm noticing in some of these lines as well.
Now let's get into our free play for college football week three. And I'm trying to pick which one to give you guys. Uh, Unfortunately, the lines moved seriously since I've taken some of these plays. So Rutgers not four no more. It's all the way up to seven. So really not loving that. Notre Dame moved a bunch. Uh, Let's go with Mississippi State. And I like Mississippi State to cover against LSU plus 10 at home. 2.5 stars. Here's the deal. Mississippi State is, you know, they didn't look great against Arizona, but they did force a lot of turnovers. Uh, They're a team that returned a decent amount of production uh, just last year. Now, I know they haven't exactly been tested yet. They had to play Arizona. LSU had a much harder schedule having to play Florida State. But after beating Grambling 72 to 10, you know, they might take a step back a little bit. It's hard to play in Starkville. And I truly believe that this spread is too big. You know, this should be about six and a half, seven, in my opinion. My number on this game is actually seven. And Mississippi State does have a good running game. And they actually can, uh, you know, slow it down when needed. Uh, I think that this could be a decent money line sprinkle for you guys as well. Uh, LSU kind of got their hopes crushed a little bit against Florida State. Now, they can still make the playoffs, but it's certainly one heck of a long road right now. I think Mississippi State can cover this at home. Great home field advantage, as I said earlier. We'll take them plus the 10 for 2.5 stars. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. All right, now it's time for a little fantasy football with our guy, D. Nasty. All right, now it's time to talk a little fantasy football week two. We got our guy D Nasty back, Dave. I'm guessing from a fan perspective, week one treated you better than me. Yes, I loved watching the Bears game this weekend. It was nice seeing Love pass on the ownership of the Bears and owning them as well. You want to know? Come on, man. Just <laughs> breaks on that. The Packers as a team do, but. <laughs> Yeah, they, they can all trade shares and just up your share prices that uh, you guys have no say in anyway. So that, that's what they can do, right? <laughs> oh, man, it was brutal. Just absolutely brutal. Um, thank God I had a good betting week, but I was just pretty disappointed with the Bears. And, you know, I probably should have bet the Packers. My inclinations told me my heart stopped it. But, you know, it's a week one. You kind of hope that maybe it's so much variance you're wrong. I do believe that that was just a hard game to bet anyway. I don't really regret it but it was just interesting uh you know it was third downs jordan loves guys were so wide open on third downs it's just like anybody can make that throw and yeah, plus no, he had a no lot of time too the line was giving him a lot of time they, the bears just weren't getting any rush on him either he had he had all day to find his like second and third receivers too which was key as well that's true too yeah he did he certainly did man but uh you know you guys got it done and we didn't um I, it's not like the Bears were playing on – we weren't making the playoffs, but now the Packers might even have a shot unless we were just that bad. And we'll see a little bit more about when you, when you play this week. Who are you playing this week? Uh, Falcons, actually. So we could actually potentially be 2-0 after this week. So we'll see, though. I don't think the Falcons are that good as well either. So we'll see. All right, we'll see. a little bit better defense, I think, and they're just as good on offense, I think. I don't think the offense is that much better. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Right, well, let's – it will. Yeah, I mean, it's just basically you just got to make them throw the ball and not be leading. And if that's the case, uh, they can't really run the ball, and they're just dinking and dunking the whole time. So the Falcons have a, good, a pretty good defense, but if you can just get the lead on them, I'd probably live bet the Packers. I'd live bet any team that has a lead on the Falcons if they're halfway decent, you know. 
because Falcons are just not a catch-up team. Um, It's a strictly running team. Well, let's talk, man. Fantasy football week two. We are starting to key injuries, Dave. I've got a few of them myself. You want to go first? Sure. Uh, Main one is going to be J.K. Dobbins. Uh, The the guy I feel sorry for, but just can't stay healthy. Uh, I traded him away in one of my dynasty leagues, so I'm kind of glad I got rid of him, actually. I actually got Josh Allen back in that deal, so I'm pretty happy about that right now, but I still feel sorry for him. Torn Achilles, out for the year. Uh, We'll talk about pickups to replace him a little bit later in the show. Uh, And then another main one was Aaron Rodgers tonight. Uh, He went down with an ankle injury. Uh, They already said uh, x-rays were negative. Uh, He had to be carted off the field and carted to the locker room, though. So it could be a a multiple-week absence, though, still. Uh, He may not be back this next week. So definitely keep an eye on that. Yeah, Yeah. you won't see him against the Cowboys next week. So I don't don't just see him against the Cowboys, especially how their defense looked this past week. They, they They looked really good. Uh, a couple key Packer injuries, actually. Aaron Jones came up uh, hobbling with a hamstring injury. Uh, he did not return. He, he's, he should be hopefully be okay. Uh, Quay Walker, out with concussion uh, in IDP leagues. Uh, Anthony Richardson left at, at the last part of the game. They said he is okay, though. He should be playing this next week, uh, so he should be all right. Uh, Jacoby Myers is being evaluated for a concussion as well. Uh, he, did, he left the game and did not return. Uh, and then... Deontay Johnson, another big one. Uh, he left a hamstring injury, did not return either. He was later ruled out. Uh, so those are some of the bigger offensive injuries out there. Yeah, I, I, I forgot about Deontay Johnson. Um, I knew that was I, I knew that happened to him, but uh, yeah, I just forgot to write that one down. Okay, well, I got a few too. Pat Firebooth also did not return um, against the uh, 49ers, so that's not good for. Good old Steelers. Uh, Tyler Lockett had a concussion last week, too, so he's from the fringe. Uh, just like old Aaron Rodgers, as we speak, this game's still going on at 13-6. Greg Dolchich hurt his leg and left the game early, too, so I don't know. Have an update on Dolchich yet from the Broncos. Austin Eckler had an ankle injury, and he's questionable, Dave. He's His coach said he might not be practicing this week, so that's a big one. Austin yeah, Eckler. Um, yeah. They didn't really say anything during the game either until, until that just came out today, actually. So I was kind of shocked. So I'm thinking it's not that bad. I'm thinking he will play this week, but I think he'll be limited this week in practice for sure. Yeah, but if, but if you're an Eckler owner, you better be handcuffing pretty quick, you know, if you don't have Josh Kelly or something. So that's what I was thinking. Um, but they, yeah, you hit the most of them. Jacoby Myers, Aaron Jones, uh, J.K. Dobbins is um, it's too bad. The dude's like, "Give me a new contract. Give me a new contract." They're like, "No," and then, then he comes back and then he's out. He's pretty much done. Is this could be a career for him? He's gonna, it's almost like yeah, he's he's got to go try out for another team. That I mean, that's what happens. He's got to go try out. He didn't get the contract. Now he's got to try out, and that ankle injury probably costing him millions of dollars. It's just insane. You know, because they probably you could probably you probably get inked like a fifteen million dollar three year deal. They probably would do that with them, but you know how running backs are. He he didn't do much, and uh, yeah, that's what that's what you get. Yeah, it was Achilles, not the ankle though for him. Yeah, he took. Yeah, he tore his Achilles. You're right. Um, that was nasty. All right, let's move on to the waiver wire then. And I, my plan is uh, Gus Edwards, of course, for the Dobbin injury. You know, and Gus Edwards just feels like he's been there forever. I'm absolutely shocked that running backs last so long over there because the other guy, Justice Hill. I drafted in our dynasty league the very first year, and he's still kicking. You know, he scored two touchdowns last week too. So, you know, those, these two guys are probably going to carry the load. But I would not doubt if they brought up Melvin Gordon from the practice squad. Uh, it would be nice to see as a Badger fan. But uh, 
you know, he's very talented too. And I think he could possibly overtake these guys. So if you've got a deep league and you can stash someone in, Melvin Gordon's not a terrible option. And don't forget uh, about Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette too. Those guys are both out there still too. So one of those guys could possibly get signed as well. Yep, yep. Yeah, those guys can get signed. Running back Joshua Kelly for the Eckler injury I wrote. I think uh, he could be the big filler here, and he played a lot last week. Tight end Darnell Washington may be a streamer this week versus Cleveland due to Friermuth. Running back Tyler Algier, he's actually available in 56% of leagues. Or he's owned in 56%, so he's available in 44%, but that's still enough for me to say. Good game versus Carolina. Um, and, uh, you know, he, even though Bijan Robinson's the man, he's getting plenty and plenty of love over there. Uh, Tyron Williams looked great for the Rams. Two touchdowns, 15 carries, man. He really – That was a shocker, actually. I can't believe that Cam Akers didn't really do much. So that was that was a little bit of a shocker to me, actually. But, yeah, definitely he looked good. Well, Cam got the tutty, but uh, he didn't do as much as Kyron, that's for sure. Uh, Puka Nako – or is it Nakwa? I think it might be Nakwa. It's funny. I, we didn't mention this dude's name ever. He had 15 targets for the Rams. With Cup out, 15 targets. I'm like, what the hell is he? He had a baller day. Imagine put, using him in a dynasty or like a a, a fantasy a weekly DFS. That would have paid you dividends. You probably, you. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Uh, Tutu Atwell from the Rams also looked pretty good with eight targets and over 100 yards. And this is all pending Cooper Cup. You know, when Cooper Cup comes back, these guys both will take a step back. But, hey, it's four weeks, you know, or you got three more anyway. Uh, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne had 11 targets for New England, and that's all I have from waivers. How about you, Dave? Yeah, I like the Kendrick Bourne one, and also Van Jefferson. Even though he didn't have a good week this week, he could still be the number one for the Rams, though, too, going forward. So there was only one week here for Puka, but uh, I definitely like Van Jefferson then, too. Uh, a couple quarterbacks, uh, they're on the borderline of not of being starters, but Mac Jones, uh, he looked really good this past week, 35 for 54, 316 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, of course, Jordan Love, uh, he went pretty late in a lot of leagues if he, if they, if he is owned. He had 123.2 passer rating this week, uh, three touchdowns as well. So if he is out on the waiver wire, definitely scoop him up. 245 yards as well, no interceptions. Uh, I did have Kyron Williams. Uh, I like him as well. Kenneth Gainwell, uh, he is available in some of my leagues right now. Uh, they didn't think A lot of people didn't think he'd be the week one starter, but he was. Uh, he definitely was the starter this week. Uh, he handled 14 carries and had four targets. So uh, definitely the one to own in for the Eagles. So definitely the guy you want to screw up this week if he is out there on the waiver wire for in any of your Wait, Which one did you say? Who Kenneth was that for the Eagles? Yeah, I doubt he's on waivers, man. That's he one in that... a couple of my leagues actually right now. I'm going to pick him up in a couple of them because he is available in two of my leagues actually. So I'm, I'm picking him up this week actually. That's, that's insane. He's – oh, wow. He is only owned in 40% of leagues. He's the man. Yeah, at least right now. And I'm very disappointed with that, but I did think I got handcuffed with Gangwell when I drafted Swift in my league, so I still have him. And then, then I did have uh, Edwards and Justice Hill as well. Uh, but another one I had actually is Roscon Johnson. Uh, Justin uh, Khalil Herbert didn't look that really good this past week. Uh, Roshan Justin, Johnson. Yeah, Roshan. Yeah. He's good. Yeah, I definitely liked him. He looked explosive when he, he was in there, and he had a touchdown this week too as well. Uh, even though it was in the fourth quarter and towards the end of the game, I still really like him, actually. He looked really good this week. So uh, if just if Khalil struggles the next couple weeks, uh, he could take a bigger share of that running back load. Uh, even He looked even better than Dante Foreman, too. Dante Foreman looked decent as well, but uh, he definitely looked the best out of those three running backs, and they might need a spark on offense, and that, that definitely will be the guy they look to on offense. 
Uh, Romeo Dobbs, uh, he's probably owned most leagues, but if he's not, definitely scoop him up. Uh, Jacoby Myers, a lot of people forgot about him, even though he got injured this week. Uh, he's actually he had more targets and more receptions than Devontae Adams, which is not going to normally be the norm, uh, but definitely scoop him up if you can as well. Yeah, totally agree with that. Well, why don't you move into tr- uh, players tr- trending up, non-starters trending up, that is, for week two. All right, well, my first one is going to be Kenneth Gainwell. We just talked about him. Uh, I definitely think he's trending up now. He's the starter now there. Uh, they're playing the Vikings. Vikings look poor, very poor this week, and they got beat by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What more can you say? Uh, I think the Eagles just crushed the Vikings this week. I don't think the Vikings are as good as the team as they, they showed up as last year. Uh, I definitely like that. And then Packers, I like Jordan Love against the poor Falcons D. I don't think their defense is that good. I don't think their secondary is very good, at least. Uh, I think we'll, he'll feast on them, hopefully, just like he did against the Bears. Uh, Aaron Jones, if healthy, he's going to be a starter, though. But uh, Anthony Dill, A.J. Dillon, if he if Aaron Jones is still out, he could be a nice little sleeper this week against the Falcons as well. Uh, I like A.J. Dillon this week against the poor Falcons defense. Uh, I do like James Cook this week against the Raiders. I still don't think the Raiders have a good defense, so I do like James Cook this week. I'm uh, normally not starting him, but I like him this week. Uh, Gus Edwards, the guy we talked about, I think he's going to be the main guy there. I think Justice Hill, Justice Hill got a little lucky with those two touchdowns. I think those are going to go to Edwards going forward. He might get one of those in the future, but uh, I definitely think Gus Edwards is going to be the guy there. He played on three of the next upcoming series after Dobbins was hurt, so uh, I definitely think they're going to look to him. Uh, I like that matchup for them. The Colts, I like Anthony Richardson against the Texans. I'm still not sold on the Texans. I think their defense is a little bit better than last year, but uh, Richardson looked good this week. They weren't afraid to have him pass the ball either. They weren't just strictly running him like a fields. Uh, he had 45 pass attempts, which is pretty good for a rookie. Uh, I like him against that poor Texans D. I don't think they're still that good. Uh, Buccaneers, I like Baker Mayfield against the poor Bears D. Uh, Jordan Love can make, make him look like an all-pro. All uh, I think Mayfield has a decent week against them as well. Uh, he's one of the guys trending up for me. Uh, another guy is trending up is going to be Dak Prescott. Even though they're pleased. Well, Dak's a starter. You can't. Okay. I'll, I'll skip that one then, yeah. Uh, the, the one, my last one is going to be Sam Howell. Uh, I like him. Uh, he had a decent week this past week. He had one interception, but he, he came back and led them to the win. He had a couple touchdowns this week. He's one, one rushing and one throwing. Uh, so Sam Howell I like as well. All right. No, I agree with a lot of those. I mean, I have Gus Edwards at the Bengals, being that, of course, uh, you know, the main guy's not starting, which makes it better for him. Rashad White versus the Bears defense, I agree with that. He should be able to turn around. And the Bears defense was terrible against the run and and third down pass. Jackson Smith, the jig bug at the Lions, could be a good one if Tyler Lockett's out. So that could be kind of his breakout game. Ooh, interception Jets again. Woo-hoo! <laughs> I mean, the Bills should be up by like 30 here. What the hell? It's 13 to 7. The Jets defense is legit, man. Remember last year that they were like a top five defense. I know, but all they need to do is really run the ball and do that and dink and dunk, and they're sitting there doing that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to Gabe Davis versus the Raiders D. I think Gabe Davis might. Uh, after this game, realize that they need to find him with the ball instead of trying to force it to Diggs all the time. And he'll uh, have a good game versus the Raiders team. Darren Waller against a bad Cardinals team, Dave. Waller was the only the only guy that looked okay on the Giants was Darren Waller yesterday before I turned it off, which was like the second quarter. 
But I was following it, though. I got Ezekiel Elliott versus a bad Miami run D. Miami's run D was terrible last week. And believe it or not, I think they give it to Zeke a little bit and have them kind of beat him up. Uh, Zeke was, uh, you know, a good running back not long ago. And that Miami was just getting cut up all over against the run. Uh, probably the worst rush EPA so far to start. Uh, wide receiver Christian Kirk versus the Chiefs D could find some openings. Uh, he's kind of a sneaky little player. Chiefs might put up some points, so he will. And Chiefs, I expect to have Chris Jones back, but he probably could be a little rusty. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill versus the Chargers could be a shootout. So I like quarterback Ryan Tannehill this week, believe it or not, against the Chargers D. And I like quarterback Jared Goff. He's, but I got to admit, Dave, Goff might be a full-time starter now. Um, he's borderline. He's getting, yeah, definitely, dude. I agree with that, yes. Yeah, he's borderline, but against the Seahawks, after you saw what Matt Stafford did to him, uh, this could this could be a, a, a time for him to tee off on him to Amon Ross St. Brown and a couple of those rookie tight ends and you know whoever else. Yeah, I like Laporta this week actually too. Sam Laporta is one of the guys I like. They're definitely against that poor Seahawks D. Nice, nice. All right, the tight ends too as well. All right, sounds good. Well, let's go into bus then. I have uh, Desmond Ritter. Against the Packers, D, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried for him. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I'm kind of agreeing with that. I think this is an unders game. Uh, Matt Stafford versus the Niners, D, is brutal. I don't like that. Wide receiver Chase Claypool can be dropped by the Bears because the dude's already just dogging plays and the media's all over it. It's just a mess over with Claypool. He's he's probably droppable right now. I mean, if there's somebody – like, if, if there's Gainwell on your bench – you pick up Gainwell for him for sure, you know, on the not bench on the waivers. So do that. Um, that reminds me. All right. So who else do I have in my bus category? Kirk Cousins versus the Eagles is a little rough. I wouldn't trust Kirk Cousins against the Eagles, man. Sorry. Too scary. Uh, Cam Akers versus the Niners defense, unfortunately, doesn't look good for him. I'd rather start Kyron Williams, to be honest with you. Uh, DeAndre Swift had one carry, Dave, one freaking carry, and he might be toast. And maybe why the Eagles inquired about Jonathan Taylor, because the Lions traded him. They took the garbage. They realized maybe he's a bad locker room guy, bad teammate, which happens all the time. People don't always know about it. And then they make the mistake, and obviously you're seeing why he only got one carry. He was with them the whole summer. There's no reason for this. He's with them since the draft, basically. Alexander Madison versus the Eagles is also rough for the Vikings, so I don't like him. And Raheem Mostert versus the Patriots D isn't good either. So those are my bus, Dave. Who are yours? Yeah, I don't like Alexander Madison against the Eagles D. I think the Eagles have a very good D. And I don't like that. I don't like that matchup. Uh, I agree with you on the 49ers. I'm not starting anyone against the 49ers D. Their, their defense looked really tough. I'm not liking Matthew Stafford or, or Kyron Williams or Akers against that San Francisco D. Uh, I'm actually. I'm a, I, I don't really like Dak against the Jets, D. The Jets have really good D. I'm downgrading Dak. This week. Even though he's normally a starter, I'm downgrading him. I, I don't have him trending up against a Jet, tough Jets defense. Uh, the Broncos, too. The Washington Commanders are for real, I think. I think their defense is legit. Uh, I don't like Russell Wilson or Javante Williams against that tough Commanders, D. Uh, I think they definitely step up this week. I think the Steelers bounce back this week. I don't like Deshaun Watson against them. I think he still struggled a little bit this past week, even though it was sloppy conditions that they were playing in. Uh, I don't like him against the Steelers D. I think the Steelers D bounces back this week against him. Uh, I think that's a tough matchup for him as well. Uh, another one I don't like is going to be the Bengals. I think they struggled this past week. I don't like mixing against that tough Baltimore Ravens run D. Uh, the Ravens 
played nice defense this past week as well. I don't like that matchup for them. I think Burrow Cup bounces back this week, but I don't think Mixon has a good week against that tough Ravens D. Uh, I don't like the Raiders this week. I don't like Garoppolo. Uh, Josh Jacobs should still do all right against the Bills, uh, but I'm downgrading him as well a little bit this week too. Uh, Bills defense is, is good as well, so uh, that's a tough defense to go up against too as well, so I'm downgrading him this week. The Chargers, uh, if, if Eckler doesn't play, Josh Kelly plays. I, I don't like him against the Titans. Uh, I think Justin still does well against the Titans D on passing because their secondary still isn't that strong, uh, but I don't think Eckler or Kelly do that well against the Titans this week. All right. Well, there you go. That's interesting. Yeah, the Titans can be tough uh, against the front, too. So I do agree with that. Time for the nasty sleeper, Dave. And you, I have to go first because you said his freaking name twice already. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Vikings have a terrible defense. He looks like the starter of the Eagles. This is the only time I can call this man a sleeper. So I'm going to call him this week. Kenneth Gainwell, for sure. Where are yours? All right, I'm going with my DNS Sleeper of the Week. I was going to go Canewell, but I'm going with Anthony Richardson. Uh, I like this rookie. I think he's the real deal, so I think he's going to have even a better week this week uh, against that poor Texans defense. So I look for him to build off of his nice performance last week, last week and be a game winner for you this week. Awesome stuff, Dave. Well, do we miss anything for Fantasy Football Week 2? No, I think just a cup injury, too. We didn't really discuss that. He's on the IR now, so he's over for the next four weeks, so... Uh, we did yeah, that, happen, that, but it uh, happened before uh, the week, so I usually yeah. don't, you know. But yeah, just keep that in mind as well, though, too. So if you have a cup, definitely he's out the next four weeks, so just keep that in mind as well. Agreed. All right. Well, sounds great. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions for us or for next week's Monday Mailbag, email us at info at theodsbreakers.com. Tweet us at the Oddsbreakers. Enjoy the rest of your week and go get some winners.